Welcome to Open Ends. I'm your host, Will Dixon. And I'm your other host, Josh Harrod. This Sunday, me and Josh are talking about being transgender, from questioning, labels, coming out, and the public perception on it. We're joined by Lilith, a trans student living in West Yorkshire. Hello. So, first thing I wanted to talk about is uh, questioning, which is the first stage that, that we think... It might, there might be others. You can tell. That, correct me otherwise. But first stage, a good place to start. first stage for most people in their journey of um, finding out more about themselves. So, what was that like for you? It just, it was just sort of just finding out that this sort of exists, and just being, oh, oh, this, this, this sounds a lot like me. What was there some other thing that you thought it was? Did you think you might have been, like, an, anywhere else in the LGBT? Uh, spectrum or did you think it was um did you know straight away when you when you read about it that you were trans certainly uh i have gone through many thoughts many identities many versions of myself if that makes any sense before i got here and how long how long did that journey take for you it takes a long time to learn and figure out mm. that you can that this is this is something that exists this is something you can do but once w- once you're there it's it's quite easy to open yourself up further to other options how was um the questioning experience for you in terms of the emotional aspect um was it a particularly um tumultuous period or did you find it um fairly easy it's said to be really difficult, which it is, to be fair, but you just sort of get over it because you understand that this is something you want and you just go ahead with it. So for you, was it almost something that you felt um, you had to do? Not something I had to do, just something I wanted to do more. Has there been anyone who's sort of been like an inspiration for you to look at uh, during your journey? Uh, certainly. I've had a few friends, one of which is also transgender, male to female, who actually helped me figure out that and realise that, yeah, this is this is something that I am, and I am very grateful to her for that. that that's, a, that's a really interesting point so i guess it must be extremely difficult for those who who don't have any sort of role model or or someone that they can ask we know you're transgender on this podcast but i'm assuming that you know people uh at your school and people in your family might not know i don't know what's that like most well i say most all of my friends who are actual friends they they all know they're all fine with it. If yeah. if 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 they didn't if they weren't happy with that being a thing, I'm just not going to be friends with them. Yeah, because that's that's who I am. I'm mm. not gonna just let them get away with doing that and just still be their friend. So during your experience at high school, were there any um, times where you felt um, particularly targeted um, by other students, or or where? Um, your experience maybe was less supportive yeah this this is just certainly a thing that has happened it's just sort of not just a trans thing but it's just uh, being lgbt it's just not part of the uh social norms most of the time so you you just don't tend to 
I guess it's it's different for for different students, but I would think that being transgender, especially so, especially when I was at, at high school, being just LGBT in general, a lot of people were sort of openly uh, homophobic, and I and I didn't know anyone who was transgender at, at my school, uh, but I can just imagine that that would have been incredibly difficult for that person, um, just because of the the, the targeting. That, that some students do to other students. So have you have you ex- can you think of any moments where where um, people haven't treated you how you'd prefer to be treated? Mm, yeah, that that's a, certainly a thing that happens quite frequently. So I can't really like go specifically on a single moment really. Yeah, on that one. Obviously, I've been through. Um, the experience of questioning my gender um, myself to um, for, for a time I um, thought I was uh, transgender, male to female um, and as you say, the, the questioning process is it's different for everybody um, yeah, but everybody has these kind of common uh, shared experiences going through it That's just really why uh, we as a community can just really get along, stand up against other people just being uh, ignorant and hateful. But um, saying that, um, of course, I agree with you, but there is also a lot of uh, volatility within the LGBT community. There's a lot of um, invalidation as well. Um, of course, I've seen it as, uh, as a bisexual um, person. I've seen that... Um, people will often discard the bisexual um, people in the community and also non-binary people um, and countless other examples um, that I could name. But what do you think contributes to this um, kind of division within the LGBT community? I think it's just a misunderstanding and an inability to describe how one's feeling and adequately and that can just cause a bad maybe first impression of course describing um your personal experience to somebody else who has never experienced it it's it's particularly difficult Um, for example if you had a non-binary person who was trying to explain what non-binary is to somebody who is inside the binary and as a theoretical has never heard of the gender binary in their life um it is a particularly uh, difficult um thing for people to uh explain um when you have no kind of yeah. relative points that you can use to compare to that's just really why there's such a large disconnect between some some of the groups that you mentioned it's just the inability of current existing languages to describe these these things yeah i think that's a really important point that um it's impossible to be able to adequately describe how someone feels because the nature of being lgbt is is to to be a different from you know cisgendered straight norm that that a lot of older people especially can't seem to think outside of the box on because they have never ever come across it in before do you think the the issues the issues that 
people who are trans see? Do you think do you think people are generally hateful, or do you think they're just ignorant and and don't really know much about it? I genuinely hope that it's just ignorance and not knowing, and not having a way to connect, and having a mm. point of connection that is just causing this. I think it will be a similar story to what's happened uh, with um, sort of the LGB part of LGBT, because I would say that society has a lot more acceptance for the for for LGB part of the LGBT than uh, people who are transgender. Um, just because I think most people nowadays know somebody yeah. who is who is gay or, or, or bisexual or, or a lesbian, whereas not everybody knows someone who is trans. When did you first um, decide that you were going to come out to your friends at school then? I think it was just sort of because I already had prior experience with being LGBT. Yeah. Uh, so when I found out that I was trans, I, 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 you know, I took my time to really think, and just evaluate what was going on, and I think I took like a month after, you know, the whole realization thing. Yeah. And then I just decided, you know what, uh, I might as well just say it now because there's no point in waiting, just beating around the bush. So. Yeah. I just went around the next chance I got. Like, yo, this this is, this is this is what is. And if you if you like use the preferred name, like pronouns, that'll be cool. So how did you like articulate? What did you say to them? Did you say? Did you say? Well, go on. What did you say to them? What did you say to your friends? I don't really remember, but it was just something along the lines of like, yo, I'm trans, and just like, can you? I use she her pronouns. Okay, thanks. Very uh, blunt about it. And, just, and how did they receive that? Did they're just like, oh, okay, cool. That's just. You got so some how good would you describe the process of coming out? Would you say that it's like, uh, for you personally speaking, would you say it's something that you did once and like that's it? I'm out to the world. I'm a trans female and just own it and like you're open about it. Or is it a progressive thing where you're coming out every time you meet somebody? Basically, like uh, trying to go through a brick wall and then realizing there's a door next to you and then going through the door. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I think that's an amazing analogy and it really paints a picture of how difficult things can be for people in the um, so, LGBT community. How are you, how far are you on the road of like changing your like identity type of thing? Um, so your so like your name and and that with your parents or whatever. Not very far. Let's just say basically non-existent. So how do you think? Of course, if you feel comfortable. Um, answering this question how do you think the the road is going to progress for you do you think it's something that you're going to do when you turn 18 or is it something that you know maybe doesn't matter so much to you you're just going to do it in the future whenever or are you not planning on doing i'll be an adult then so i'll just be able to just have that freedom really yeah yeah um have you come out to your parents yet i attempted it however was shortly denied and told that it was just uh, me being teenage and confused. And how how did it how did it feel to receive that rhetoric? Oh, 
It's certainly very disappointing and can put you down severely, men mentally. Especially since your parents are supposed to be people you trust mm. and mm. someone you can always come back to. That can... So yeah. do you think in a way your negative experience with coming out has uh, eroded your trust with your parents in a way? Not necessarily. And so you were talking about how you've got a good friend who, um, who's also transgender that helped you um, on, your, on your journey to, uh, to coming out. Yeah. Uh, what, what, what did, advice did they, they give you and what advice could you give to uh, <laughs> someone who might be transgender about coming out? They really just didn't, they didn't really just give me advice. I just, just sort of figured it out on my own. But if, if I'm going to give some advice, I'm just going to say, uh, just say it. It doesn't matter. And if they have a problem with that, then that's their fault. And you shouldn't yeah. listen to them. Uh, do you think it's almost a requirement that people come out to their parents? Or is it, again, like we've mentioned before, a choice, um, a decision that you can make um, based off um, the way that you want to approach your uh, transitioning journey? It is certainly a big decision uh, that can either be very positive or incredibly negative. So you're... so. I'm trying to sort of picture it. So your parents have not exactly rejected it, but they've said that what you're what you're experiencing is just sort of a phase, and you'll, you'll yeah, come out of it. Just denied it. Do you think after a few years that might and uh, when you continue to to show them that you are trans and that's how you do identify, do you think they will support you? I mean, uh, it'll certainly take time and effort, but. I can I can see it uh, eventually working out. And so, what 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 type of um, things do you want to do in the future? Do you want to change like your identity? Do you want to have surgery, or are you just? I'm not really sure about surgery or just anything like that, really. Just because I don't mind. To move to a more um, I don't know upsetting side of the thing how do you think that the uh recent decision to prevent hormone access to um under 16s i believe um how do you think that has impacted or what scale of impact do you think that has had on transgender um, teenagers and transgender children around the uk it's certainly going to have an impact i'm not quite sure about the but it will it will definitely be something that uh, causes problems and possibly a lot of regret in the uh, oncoming generations that will some of them will find out that they are potentially trans. Do you think that because the argument is uh, that, that that some that some people say this is not my opinion, but it's what other people say that. Um, you're too young to fully understand yourself uh, when you're under 16. What would you say to that? Funny you should say that, because there have been studies done and researched that have actually shown that five- and six-year-olds can have the mental capacity to understand 
mm. what 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 they feel as 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 they should be. Um, another interesting um, piece of research, I suppose, into transgender people that kind of disproves that rhetoric of oh you're too young to understand you're too young to know that you're transgender or simply you're too young to be transgender at all um which again i completely disagree with but research has shown that um people who uh, are transgender they have uh, amounts of gray matter in their brain that are more likened to the uh, gender that they mm. are transitioning into um, and so there is scientific proof that neurologically um, transgender children are uh, structured um, in in the same way as uh, cisgender counterparts of um, the gender that they're transitioning into. Yeah, uh, I was actually going to mention the biological side of this uh, soon, but since we're talking about it now, uh, yeah, that is certainly... A thing that is real and exists uh, because your brain forms quite early and it forms earlier I believe than the genitals which will I will get onto the context of that in a bit which so the brain will form and let's just provide an example uh, this is a transgender male to female child that will eventually grow up so the brain will develop as female, and then something will cause the child's body, for example, in a neuron misfiring or just some genetic uh, incorrect spaghettiness. <laughs> <laughs> I just don't know a good term for like neurology, so I'm just saying words and hope they work. Yeah, and then and then the child's genitals will form, which which is just what is classed as the physical sex. Um, so I've actually read the the study that you're you're talking about, and what's basically happening is, as you say, the brain forms uh, first, and that the brain, the, the brain yes. um, is is predetermined in its structure almost, um, and then. Um, what can happen within um, the mother's womb is that uh, a surge of hormones, uh, whether it be estrogen or uh, testosterone or a lack thereof, um, will occur due to a number of factors, whether it's food intake, the, the children and the gender of the children that the mother has had previously. And there is uh, a cutoff point for testosterone levels um, in a fetus. And when the testosterone levels surpasses that, uh, quantity, then the child will uh, start developing as a male. Um, and so therefore, um, it is possible to have uh, a fully or um, fully forming brain uh, in, in one gender and then the body that is forming in, in the yeah. other gender because, or, or should I say the other sex, um, because yeah. of hormone factors that have occurred within the womb. But I, th I think the issue is with um, this area is that there is a real lack of research on transgender people. Mm. Absolutely. Um, so we were we were discussing this. I was I was in a lecture with the uh, University of Leeds. A PhD student was talking about uh, the law uh, uh, in terms of like transgender people, and they were just discussing that you know there's no medical basis for even using the hormones in the first place there's not been a serious proper study that's licensed 
um, the the hormone treatment for use. So there's no real valid argument to say whether it does it, it, it does anything to to anyone or when they can consent to it, because there's no there's no real proper studies that license it for use at the moment. Um, sorry, uh, Will. Um, could we just go back to uh, yeah. the point that you just made? Um, I, I would like to uh, discuss that statement further um, because, yeah. uh, in what context uh, do you mean that there haven't been studies into the use of of hormone treatment? Oh, there have been studies into hormone treatment, but there haven't been as as wide ranging um, on younger people as. Um, most drug studies would be to license it for younger people. It doesn't mean that it doesn't work. It just means that no drug companies have got round to doing it yet. Um, I agree. Um, In terms of hormones, um, hormone levels are fairly easy things to research. So talking about the lack of research within the community, uh, sorry to uh, divert from your question, Will. Um, do you do you think that the lack of research into transgender youth and transgender people in general, do you think that stems from the cisnormative um, ideologic... Uh, sorry, let me start that again. Do you think that stems from the cisnormative um, ideologies of society at present? Yeah. Uh, I think that it's just caused by the like we said earlier just the ignorance and just not knowing mm. not just not acknowledging the matter although what i find interesting and almost um hypocritical is that there's more research into uh, a lack of research of um, oppressed groups within society than there is collectively research into those oppressed groups within society. <laughs> they've written papers and they've written art- artifacts and documents to describe how white scientists are less likely to input images of black people into AI systems than there mm. is research of putting pictures of black people yeah. into AI systems. Yeah, it's, it's sort of people... It's uh, people researching why people are researching, which is a bit counterproductive. Um, but I think that the issue is with being trans is that um, we've not we, there's no other comparable um, thing for it that, that 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 we've had before, like treatment, because um, most most surgeries that that are performed are performed on people who are older usually, because you have to have you know, your hip replaced or whatever. And we haven't really um, ever done much research into what happens if we do surgeries on on younger people because, as we know, most transgender people realise they're trans when they're younger. And I think that causes a bit of a problem. Do you you think that? Yeah, I guess it's just sort of a confirmation bias because Mm. uh, they keep repeating what works... So they just keep on doing that, and they completely ignore the other issues. But, like, if we look at uh, medical fields such as dentistry, um, where dentistry, uh, even as far back as 100 years ago, or should I say as as close back as 100 years ago, uh, was extremely primitive, um, and, you know, there wasn't 
pain treatment in the 1800s for dental yeah. patients and such. Um, yeah. But then, but then they quickly improved and uh, mitigated those negative effects by creating technology that can allow um, almost seamless surgery or dental procedures to occur. Um, do you think that the reason that this hasn't been going on um, for transgender people is again that? confirmation bias that you mentioned um people just not caring about transgender uh, individuals and transgender youths that they just are like well it's not our problem we don't have to fix it actually i wouldn't say that i would say that it is more just the actual acknowledgement of these people existing that has just been ignored yeah. For and denied for such a long time, but now with uh, such a connected and widespread society that we can actually start expressing ourselves. Okay, so again, sorry to to um, turn everything into theoretical. Of course, I understand that this is real issue affecting real people but it would be hard to discuss these issues without discussing um, for example legal aspects and its um, complications when it interacts with the medical world for example it seems hypocri uh, hypocritical when there is a discrimination act that prevents people of um, you know the LGBT community or, or transgender individuals um, being discriminated against but then at the same time uh, medically, transgender individuals are being discriminated against. It's not just medically being discriminated, it's also on the legal side as well. It's just both of these factors just causing all of these problems combined, because if, mm. if it was only one, then you, you could certainly push onto the other one with one that you already had. I think it's also worth saying that um, the age of consent is 16 years old, but that doesn't mean that you can't consent to, 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 to treatment because, um, you know, children are always treated all the time. Um, and, and I think, I think, I think for people, just to explain for some people who don't know much about trans rights, that the 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 puberty blockers that that a lot of trans people are prescribed um, are usually pretty reversible. They just delay puberty, and I and I always think when I hear of people saying, you know, it, there's long lasting effects if, if you use that. That what that that what that means is you you give extra time for someone who's trans for them to be able to question and then when they hit 16 or whenever they can then decide whether or not they want to have uh, surgeries or or continue um yeah on the, on the uh, it path. certainly is a very uh, reversible process because uh all 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 hormone all hormone taking hormones does is just artificially increases your levels of of the hormone yeah. that you are taking so when you stop doing that, it'll immediately start returning to to the original levels. Yeah. So it is very much a reversible process. Yeah. yeah um, when discussing hormone blockers, of course, um, 
Will, I agree with you. Um, hormone block blockers just uh, delay the process and give people extra time. But in terms of actually taking hormones, um, some some of the effects are irreversible uh, without surgery, of course. But do you think that the use of hormone blockers should be uh, increased within the UK and around the world um, so that people um, who are under 16, of course, I, I think it should be an option that people who are under 16 should be able to take hormones. Um, but do you think that uh, it should be more available to use hormone blockers um, to mitigate the the um, either permanent effect of being on hormones or the permanent effect of not being on hormones, which would obviously be the mental impact? I... I, I I would happily advocate for, you know, introducing these blockers and hormones as as permitted. You know, I wish that I could take you know like blockers mm. as you you can probably hear. Yeah. yeah, yeah, that's just. But now it's just happened. I can't really just reverse it that easily. So mm. I, I have to go through the full process, and I have to try a lot more to actually feel uh, fulfilled by yeah. by by the process. Uh, so that's that's what I don't get with some of the people who argue it because I always look at things from very like. Pro pragmatic perspective of there's there's sort of a few there's few options you can have puberty blockers and all that does is it just ex gives you more time to think um, and it, it doesn't affect it's got no permanent side effects for the rest of your life and even if even if we do find out in the future it does some people that's much better than for some people taking their own life which which happens all too often in the trans community and that's 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 how I look at it when I when I when I weigh it up yeah, it just I seems agree. a no-brainer. Yeah, when you when you're on in the, looking at the media and you see J.K. Rowling come up with um, what, what was that tweet? Her talking about people who menstruate aren't they woman women? Um, what if you read that? How does that make you feel? It's certainly just a very blunt way of just being ignorant. Hmm because that is that is just a statement produced by uh, science that was correct like 30 years ago yeah and now that we've done all this research and we know that you know that that's not true there are people who who don't and I mean, then again, let's let let let's let's make her look even worse, because <laughs> be I was going to say because you you said earlier that she was being ignorant, and I thought that's a little bit generous. That's very <laughs> yeah. generous. Yeah, yeah. This is because some women become infertile, and that is just maybe due to genetics or other factors, mm. and or they just ha decide to have surgery. And you know they they don't menstruate, so are, are mm. they are they women? 
Are you saying yeah. that they aren't? That that's quite a good argument, actually. That's really good <laughs> argument. Although, uh, when when we look at people like when we look at trans exclusionary uh, radical feminists, just as an example, um, of course, this can be applied to uh, many other communities. But why do you think that uh, these people feel that one, they have the right, and two, they feel the need? to uh, infringe on other people's lives when them themselves don't experience the uh, struggles that they're condemning. You know what? I genuinely have no idea. It, it, it absolutely baffles me as to why you, you do this. Well, her argument on her blog post was that um, she said it because um, I think she'd experienced some domestic violence in the past which is obviously awful and that um, somehow transgender people could um, become abusers um, was, was her was her defense which again just sort of <laughs> right that makes no sense there. because anyone could become an abuser <laughs> yeah I, I, and I, it's I, I don't think I don't find it very very I don't find it, but it makes very sense, very much sense. But we've got to sort of understand it because there's probably adequate number of people who, when they saw J.K. Rowling's statement on the news, uh, probably agreed with it. Um, and we've got to figure out how and why those people decided to do that. But again, it's uh, we've discussed on the podcast before, haven't we? It, it's very easy to just look at something that you mm. mildly already agree with on media and, and just say, yes, I agree with that, without even thinking about what it actually is and, and what the actual implications of the statements that you're agreeing with are. And I think if you have a view like that that's very different and puts a lot of people at risk, you've got to also not just type away on your keyboard about what you think about it and mm -hmm. actually go and have a discussion with maybe someone who is transgender yeah. and, and have an interview it's, with someone. It's just about uh, not knowing and, and, we, yeah. and the need to actually educate more yeah. about these things. It yeah. has sort of started being mentioned, but that's just really it. It just gets mentioned, and that's it. From 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 my view, it's it's a little bit nonsensical, and I don't really mm. get where it comes from. Like, I can understand why someone might be like ignorant towards it if they haven't experienced it before and and don't know anyone who's experienced it before. But if you're going out of your way to say transgender people are like, I don't know. I don't know what she was trying to say. There's some type of perverts or whatever, <laughs> calling an entire category of people that is just a bit strange and it's not on. But it then, doesn't seem to make any sense. From that perspective also, you know, of course, racism is just as, as nonsensical and, and um, baseless as um, the statements that Turf say um, are. But I think that, where the the place where trans exclusionary radical feminism and racism and um, homophobia the place they come from is all the same. Um, it's a fundamental lack of understanding in the beginning, which progresses to 
um, preconceived ideas about a said community, which then progresses to uh, change behavior towards said community, uh, usually in the form of violence. Um, so, yeah, it's it's ridiculous and it's yeah. horrific, but at the same time, it's also influenced by the same factors that other forms of hate are. Yeah. Do you have any advice for the person who's listening to this podcast that might not be transgender but wants to help out uh, those who are transgender and, and wants to do the genuine right thing yeah uh just one big thing just ask just ask yeah just ask to the person who you're actually wanting to know about directly so is, would you would you compare it to a bit like asking their name and then People should start getting into the routine of asking people their pronouns as well. Yeah, that, that I think that sh- that could be a thing that would be normalised. That seems like a good idea, yeah. Um, and um, so say say if you don't know someone's pronouns, then the the best thing you can probably do is just call them they them. Yeah, if if you're ever unsure and like or don't want to ask or, or like yeah, there's any th- there's a reason that you can't ask, j- just use they them. It's universal. Yeah. Well, we were just talking about um, how we're trying to compare what it's like to be sort of mispronounced um, as a trans person. And you could sort of link it in uh, with being misnamed. Um, So in different situations, you might correct people on your name and different situations you might just let it slide and i think that compares quite well yeah with that's being that's trans. certainly a way to like connect to like the experience and understand it more so a lot of people um maybe um people who aren't don't know someone who's trans or are a little bit more sheltered from that maybe a little bit older might not know what all of the fancy terms that we were using earlier might have been, sort of like cisgendered. Um, what transgender actually defi- a def- definition of being transgender? Um, what it what it is to be male or female or non-binary. So, should we start off with what's the difference between being cisgender and being transgender? Uh, let's just start at cisgender. Cisgender means to have the same gender and physical sex and just being happy with being content with who you are who are who you are physically with what your gender identity is and then transgender would be the opposite really wouldn't it yeah it would be being in the opposite biological sex to your gender identity and what about we just mention what is the difference between gender and uh, sex? Uh, sex is the biological uh, and like the physical. So mo- most people are born with either a penis or a vagina. There's no way of like not saying that. Yeah. That is that is what happens. So that is that is physical sex and gender identity is what 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 were you. Just describe yourself as what what you feel yeah, so, comfortable as. So so one's the physical, like your body, and one's your brain, basically. Yeah, basically. And I'd just like to make a little point here before we move on. Gender is just a social construct. Uh, and just quickly also, um, 
transgender people are not just people that are um, changing their gender from, or um, should I say, um, transitioning from male to female or um, female to male. It's also um, people who identify as non-binary or agender. Does anyone want to give a quick definition on that? Because I don't know uh, as well. Non-binary basically just means not male or female so yeah. it's basically like a third like a third gender and a gender mm. just means not feeling like attached or connected to any any yeah, ex- yeah any many gender. of the prefixes that apply to um sexuality uh, also apply to gender in in generally yeah. the same well i think it's been a brilliant episode. It has this episode, been fantastic. Uh, I've learned quite a lot, and I and I don't know about you, uh, Josh, but I've yeah. learned quite a bit, and I think I've, we've managed to discuss it pretty openly and pretty sort of pragmatically. Yeah, I definitely learned a lot. So you've been listening to the Open Ends podcast. A huge thanks to our guest Lilith. We will be back next Sunday at twelve o'clock, uh, and it's a goodbye from me. And it's a goodbye from me. Goodbye. Goodbye. So, I, I, I hope you cut this out, or else, or else, William Dixon, I am going to be very cross with you. Bye-bye.